Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of having Hannah Miller on the show. Hannah is a licensed acupuncturist in New York and North Carolina, a nationally recognized diplomat of acupuncture and a certified holistic health practitioner. Arriving to where she is today was a challenging, vital, and passionate process. With the aid of Chinese medicine, Peruvian shamanism, and a disciplined and ongoing dedication to her highest self, she has finally arrived in a place where she can share her own healing process with others so that they may experience their own metamorphosis. Her work is an expression of who she is, and while her degrees say otherwise, she doesn't necessarily consider herself a healer. She is simply a facilitator of this medicine. I invite you to learn more about Hannah Miller, the balanced healer, by visiting her website, reading about her journey, and the, port, and the support she offers women now. Hi, Hannah. Hey, Whitney. And it's Hannah, actually. Oh, <laughs> Hannah, my apologies. It's okay. I'm so used to it at this point. It's been a whole lifetime of, of being called Hannah and also responding to it. So <laughs> yeah, well, thank, thank you for letting me know. I know. I, I should always tell people beforehand, but I'm, I'm used to it by now. I still have patients who call me Hannah. I still have my husband occasionally call me Hannah. So we're good, but awesome. I'm so happy to be here with you today. This is Thank wonderful. you. Well, yeah. tell me a little bit more about what led you to go and study acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, gosh, it was a long process and, and a lifetime in the making. I think like so many people, if not all of us, there was a real drive to you know, have a career that I was passionate about, but nothing ever felt like a perfect fit. I, you know, I did Western medicine, my backgrounds in, in Western medicine, actually, I did pre-med in college, but I was lost for a lot of years. I'd always had an interest in healing. Um, it started at a really young age, but I was thinking about it for, for years, you know, like what called to me, what what made sense to me. So it's, it's a long story, but the, the short version is like, I knew that I wanted to help people and that was my primary mission. And one day I just woke up and after thinking about it for years and years, I'd had a dream about it. And the next day I started researching master's programs mm -hmm. and just dove in, like had my interview with the Dean of Admissions and started two weeks later with the new semester. So that's kind of what led me there. But, you know, I, I grew up going to see acupuncturists. I was a certified holistic healer um, before I became an acupuncturist. And it was just this natural evolution. And when I finally arrived there, it just felt like, like a glove, like it was this perfect fit that was made for me. 
So I feel like nowadays, if you're on a journey trying to find the root cause of any health issue or mental issue you feel like you're facing, that there are so many resources that you can turn to, to help you find a practitioner that can support you along your way. But, you know, 10 years ago, when you were doing this, there wasn't a website to turn to or, you know, necessarily um, a guide to point you in the right direction. How did you find your acupuncturist or your Chinese medicine practitioners or any healers that you decided to work with? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic question because I mean, how many of us have had bad therapists, mediocre gynecologists, mediocre acupuncturists, massage therapists who weren't worth their weight in gold? It's, you know, it's a very um, discerning process. And what I always tell people, because I get, you know, asked this question a lot, how do you, how do you pick an acupuncturist? It really comes down to how do they make you feel like you should feel better the minute you speak to them, the minute you sit in front of them. Like I offer all of my clients a, a free initial consultation over the phone or zoom first, just to make sure that it's the right fit. And it's really just a feeling but it's, it's an energetic medicine, you know, it's very functional as well and founded in science, but it's an energetic medicine. And if you don't love the person who's treating you, you're not going to get results. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And that was definitely the experience I've had Mm -hmm. is when I've gone to acupuncturists that I've really connected with, um, I've seen improvements. And when I've gone to somebody just because something or some article said they were great, um, Mm -hmm. there was no movement or shift or change. The flow wasn't happening. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. which is the whole point of going to acupuncture is to correct, open up a flow of energy where there's a blockage. Yeah, yeah. And I know for me, you know, I'd been seeing acupuncturists my entire life and I had an issue with fainting for for years. It started when I was three after I, um, you know, I fell out of a two-story window and had kind of a traumatic experience with that. But I was fine, except for the fact that I started fainting and it got worse and worse. And I saw Western doctors and Eastern doctors and acupuncturists, and no one could really figure out what was wrong with me or how to treat me. And then I found my acupuncturist and she really focused on, you know, the emotional magnitude of the experience and how it created, you know, these blockages. And that's what was creating the you know, the fainting episodes, but was wild. You know, it had been 17 years of me trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I saw her once and I haven't fainted since, you know, so it was after one session, it was that big of a change. And, you know, obviously I went and saw her consistently, but it's, it really is just finding the right person for you, but she wanted to talk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Did, did you find out if that experience created any other issues in your body? Was it mm-hmm. just the fainting or was it um, because you weren't able to find the root, you weren't able to address that earlier, that it was then speaking to you in a variety of other ways in your body? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to any major traumatic experience, it creates blockages in and of themselves. And that in turn can lead to emotional patterns, behavioral patterns, which can create this whole matrix of imbalances. So I found for me over time, it led to you know a lot of physical pain throughout my body, um, chronic headaches, pretty severe chronic fatigue. Like there were some years where I just mm-hmm. couldn't get out of bed, couldn't get off the couch, couldn't think straight. Um, severe brain fog. And then when I went through puberty, 
um, you know, very uncomfortable periods, um, hormonal imbalances. So it's, you know, I can kind of pinpoint back to that place and, and start to unravel the, you know, the consequential domino effect of that one major event. So I feel like we're so lucky that we know we're learning this information now. I feel mm-hmm. like more and more of us are aware of a traumatic event that then created issues in the physical body. But what do we do when we have a traumatic event and we don't want to create more pain in the body? Mm -hmm. Um, So for instance, like what if, what if you trip and stub your toe or you fall, you know, playing a game at the beach, or you unfortunately do get in a car accident. How do you prevent your body from creating, you know, future issues? How do you treat it immediately? How do you treat the emotion immediately? Mm, I think that's where, I mean, that word you just used is key. It's about prevention. And, you know, Chinese medicine, Eastern medicine, it's incredibly effective across the board, but where it really shines is in prevention. It ensures that when these things happen, you're physically and emotionally resilient. Got it. Because it's inevitable, right? Like life is in and of itself kind of traumatizing, like shit happens. It's kind of intense. And it's, it's just part of the journey, part of the process, but it's really about how you meet that experience. And for me now, like I look at, you know, anything that's happened over the last few years and how it almost just doesn't stick to me. Like it doesn't affect me the same way. Like I don't feel emotionally thrown out of balance by challenging experiences or, you know, physically derailed from these things, but it's, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's uh-huh. a lot of a lot of preventative measures. And acupuncture is, you know, it's one gateway. And you know, what with what you do and with what I do within the online forum as well, is you know, taking this information, this medicine, and putting it in you know, people's hands so that they can start to cultivate this, you know, preventative way of being, this resiliency on their own and in their own way. So do you have clients that see you regularly in person for acupuncture? I do. I do. I mean, I, first and foremost, I'm an acupuncturist, you know, that's really where, you know, my heart lies, or at least foundationally is where my brain lies because that's my, my primary education as a, you know, a master of acupuncture. Uh, But yeah, like I still see clients every week. I mean, my goal with every acu, this is also a good thing to take note of when it comes to finding the right acupuncturist. Like my goal is always to limit the number of times someone needs to see me. Like it should never be like, you know, not to bash any, any other careers, but if you've ever gone to a place and they want to sign you up for a package, like do not go there because that's almost like ensuring that you're not going to be in good health after one or two treatments. And it's specific to acupuncture or massage therapy or chiropractic work, but I really like to have people in and out within two or three sessions. I'm like, I want you to feel close to hundred percent as quickly as possible so that you don't need me. And, you know, with, yeah, I mean, it's important, but that being said, I still have, have the people who come and see me once a week, once a month, just because they like to come. They like to have that time for themselves, have a conversation that is exclusively around them, their health, on top of, you know, being able to lie on a table for 25 minutes and 
completely check out and re-enter into that healing space. So it's beneficial if you want to go every week. I mean, if you want to go every day, by all means, but it's, should you have to, should you need to is, is really the question. So do you perform acupuncture on yourself or do you have someone that supports you when you need it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do it on myself. Uh, we recently moved from North Carolina, I'm sorry, from New York to North Carolina. So we've been here close to two years and I, I'm kind of spoiled. I still fly back to California or I fly to New York to see my acupuncturist there. Um, but yes, I treat myself in between and it works, you know, but it's kind of like self-massage. It's helpful. It's nice, but it's nothing like having someone else do it for you. Yeah. And allowing yourself to really relax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of doing it the ideal way that after your travel, you're seeing someone to support your body after you've been through all that movement and all those environmental changes that come with traveling. That's kind of ideal to be able to get off the plane and within a few days, be able to see someone that can just help balance you out after you've been exposed to everything that's on and in those planes. Yeah, going before you travel and after you travel is ideal because then you're going into, you know, into an airport, into a plane, into a new place, eating new foods, going into different time zones, feeling really centered and grounded. And then when you come back, it reestablishes that circadian rhythm. I love that. I'm going to schedule that. Thank yeah. you. That's a great <laughs> tip. Cause you know, everyone has their little tricks for healthy travel. That's sure. one I haven't heard before. And I like mm, that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very adamant about that. I at least treat myself before and after I travel. Are there partic particular spots that you treat yourself in that, you know, works for after you travel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really depends. So what's fascinating about Eastern medicine is it's highly individualized because everyone's different. Every body is different. Your constitution is different how, you know, your vulnerabilities, your imbalances. So as such, you know, one set of points may not be as effective as another set of points. So, you know, they're the general ones where no matter, no matter what it's going to help, plain and simple, but, yeah. you know, the key points that I really look for are ones that stimulate your immune system and ensure that, you know, you're well protected and, and everything's functioning optimally. Got it. <laughs> So when does an acupuncturist describe herbs and tinctures versus just going for, um, for the needles? Like when does mm -hmm. that, when does that happen? And does every acupuncturist do that? Yeah. Yeah. So there are two different branches of medicine actually. So not all acupuncturists are herbalists within California, um, based on the licensure there, you have to practice both herbs and acupuncture. So it's, it's a requirement, whereas in New York, for instance, you can have two separate degrees for that. Um, but in terms of herbs, it's really effective for um, internal medicine and deeper imbalances. So especially when it comes to women's health, there's not necessarily the need for it, but it really does deeply benefit people who, who are experiencing um, deficiencies mostly. But that's why, you know, in my work, the major issue that I have is, is lack of compliance, you know, like you'll give someone herbs. It's the same way that we are with supplements, right? Like yeah. we go and buy all the supplements and, and do all the things and then we never use them, use them for like a week and then they get shoved to the back of the cabinet. So I, I love herbs for personal use, but it's, it takes a very special type of client to be really consistent with them. 
which is why I tend to place more emphasis on the way that we eat because every single day you're going to eat like no matter what you may not meditate every day or exercise every day or go to therapy or take a walk or have meaningful conversations but by and large, you will consume food till the day you die. So that to me is why I place so much emphasis on medicinal foods as opposed to, you know, herbal supplements. Is there something that, is there a trend that you're seeing in the clients that you're working with right now that, that there's something in particular that you're having to support most of your clients with? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I created the online work because, you know, I was once told that, you know, if we listen, there are signs that will direct you and help guide you to, you know, what, what needs your attention, what really calls to you. And for years, it was one woman after another coming to me saying, I have PCOS, I'm suffering with painful periods, I am losing my hair, I have chronic headaches, um, any number of things like debilitating cramps, all hormonally related issues. So, like I, I ended up, I never thought I would, but I ended up specializing in women's health because women were coming to me and they were, you know, hungry for answers. Yeah. So it's, it's really been, I mean, I've been all about women because they're the ones who, who are asking. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting how none of us, you know, none of us got a handbook on how to use our body and how to take care of it. <laughs> You know, so it's, it's really trial and error from birth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of us, you couldn't look anywhere for guidance because everyone, you know, even our parents and grandparents, it's trial by error, you know, Mm -hmm. and what works for one doesn't work for another. And then, you know, our food system so complicated that even if we're trying to replicate an ancestral diet that our grandparents or great grandparents followed, the quality of the ingredients that we're receiving now is just completely different. Um, So are there foods that you advise your clients to start incorporating to help balance their hormones? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to touch on something as well, like when it comes to our health and especially the way that we eat, like it's not an experiment, you know, we've all experimented with the diets, right? With keto and paleo and vegan and gluten-free and Atkins and God knows what else, Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers, like for fuck's sake, they're, you know, we've, we've all done it. But when it comes to your health, it shouldn't be an experiment. It should be a strategy. Like you need to mindfully strategize how you want to eat in order to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. So what I really help women with is, developing a way to eat that is sustainable. It's not a diet. It's something that, you know, speaks deeply to our innate nature as women. So the foods that I really guide them towards are medicinal foods that are specific to different phases of their hormonal cycle. And in Eastern medicine, we have five different phases within one 28 day menstrual cycle. And during each of these phases, different organs are active, different systems need different things. And as such, when you incorporate specific medicinal foods at this time from fruits, vegetables, grains, meats, nuts, whatever it may be, it really optimizes and heals that particular system, which in turn generates health for the next system. And over time, you know, it's like a wheel rolling downhill. It starts to build momentum as it's getting everything that it needs. I love that. Oh, thanks. It's like a season within a season. It is. It's your internal seasons. Yeah. That's what's fascinating about Eastern medicine is, 
you know, it's all cyclical in nature, it's systemic. And I still remember in my very first day in my master's program, one of my professors pulled up, you know, the Western mind versus the Eastern mind. And the Western mind was like beautiful, color coordinated, perfect little boxes. Everything was like neat and organized and compartmentalized. And then it showed the Eastern side and it was just chaos, just all of these like swirls and squiggles, but still everything was interconnected. There was no start and no beginning. And the same is true for every system in our body and every system in our life that, you know, we're cyclical in nature, we're systemic, we're complex, and we can't really, you know, separate one aspect of ourselves from another. It's, it's holistic. That's really what it means. Yeah. And that's, I think, where everyone is moving into, which is really nice. Hallelujah. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, it's really interesting. One of my, uh, one of my like little morning mantras for many, many years is today, I'm just going to flow with flow. Today, I'm going to, um, move with ease and grace. And Mm. today I'm just going to allow my day just to flow with ease and grace. And my goal in communicating with myself for many years now has been flow Mm. because I had a practitioner about a year before I went to culinary school that showed me the analogy that I was just constantly trying to make things work Mm. my way. (laughs) I wasn't flowing. I was forcing. Yeah. And so when I think about how I was moving through life and trying to do it when, when I wanted to do it, instead of flowing with the season and allowing myself to flow with the day, um, with what was working for me and what, and the right timing, um, it then comes back to food and then comes back to how your body's working and it's all a flow and a rhythm. It's, just is not necessarily in the Western mind, us making things happen when we want them to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. And, and that's been, I mean, one of the most fascinating things is, is watching the women that I work with arrive in this place. It's almost like you don't realize it. It's so subtle. And I mean, huge, you know, huge, huge results, but it's subtle because it slowly starts to ebb its way into every aspect of your life into the way that you're eating, like with, you know, with the online program I created, it starts on the physical, but once your physical body is in sync and it's flowing and you're healing, it naturally opens up the space to work through emotional blockages, which naturally opens up the space to start to focus on healing your connections with your romantic partners, your friendships, your work life, your family dynamics. And suddenly it's like your whole life just becomes this like flowing reflection of who you are. And it's just stunning to watch someone realize that they're like, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> you know, Because it's just, it feels so natural and good that you're not forcing it. It's not like a diet where, you know, you're really regimented and dedicated and tight with it. And there's no ease to it. And you're doing that for a month. And then you get to the end of it and like, yes, you have these results, but then what, you know, then what? it's important to really learn how it works with you and for you, because then it gets to be easy. It's easy. It really is. It's complicated to learn, but, but really it's not, it's, it gets to be easy. Hi, I'm chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings 
which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on StarseedKitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. So where do people, where can people go to start learning about this? Mm-hmm. Well, you can come to me first and foremost. Um, you know, that's been been my big mission throughout this whole thing. And, and you and I talked about this before we, you know, hopped on the podcast today, just how, you know, there's, there's a limit, you know, as a chef, as an acupuncturist, there's, there's a limit to our time, right? Like there are only so many people who I can treat in a day. And that infuriated me for years because, because I want to help everyone. Mm -hmm. So the big question for me was, you know, how do I help everybody? How do I serve women everywhere so that they can heal themselves and they don't have to rely on, you know, their doctors or on acupuncturists or on anyone else except for them, you know, their own well-being. And then, you know, and then they can see these practitioners when they need them or when they want them, but not because they have to or because they feel lost. And that's how this whole, you know, work came about was educating women so that they can rely on themselves, that they can heal themselves. Yeah. So, you know, as far as I know, unfortunately, there's there's nothing like what I'm doing really out there, which is why I created it. There are things that are a whisper of it, you know, that may help you with your eating that may, I haven't seen too much about emotional blockages because it's, it's a little messy, but um, <laughs> you know, you may find other programs around hormonal health, but I haven't seen anything else that really focuses on every aspect of your life and who you are, where you've come from, where you're going. So, you know, the easiest place to start is, you know, my Instagram, I'm, I've tried to be really consistent with it, putting out tips and advice and guidance just so that you can start to think in a more holistic fashion. But resource wise, I mean, it's, it's everything, you know, it's, it's eating well and exercising well and having those necessary conversations and moving through blockages, but it's necessary to put it all within, within context and within one whole system, because so many people who I meet, you know, they, they take care of themselves in a lot of ways, but they meet that kind of dead end and they don't know how to keep going. So my work is about how do you keep going and make this sustainable for the rest of your life? If people are curious to learn about the five seasons in Chinese medicine and mm-hmm. what that means, are there any books that you recommend? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm looking at my bookshelf now. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Um, There's one book called Natural Choices for Women's Health. That's pretty good. Um, It does talk about, you know, the different seasons we move through internally. Trying to think. Most of the books that I have are like thick textbooks. Mm -hmm. If there's anything that's a little bit more topical that, you know, is easy to understand and assimilate. Um, that's why I'm writing a book because it, because we need help. There's, there's yeah. not, there's this big void, you know? Um, but in terms of 
Elemental medicine, yeah, probably starting with natural choices for women's health and looking to see if there's anything else that's popping out. Um, not, there's not that much out there. I honestly. didn't think so. Cause I learned about the five seasons in culinary school um, mm. because they taught us, I went to a holistic alternative culinary school that showed us all the different natural healing cycles in food traditions in cultures around the world. And what you quickly learn is they're actually all the same. All the same. <laughs> they all are the same. They just have different names. And then they use the foods and herbs that are native to the area. Um, and I was really fascinated with the five seasons um, and then how different organs relate to different seasons mm -hmm. and different elements. But I couldn't find information kind of past my notes that I received in school and a few small sections in larger textbooks. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. then it's hard for the information to be broken down so you can really understand it because it is complex. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you read it and you're like, this makes sense, but yet I can't fully grasp it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. great that you're working on sharing it and breaking it down in a more digestible way in your book, but also through, through a program with others. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of food, I'm, I mean, you've probably heard of it again, kind of a big book. It's healing with whole foods by yeah. Paul Pritchard is yeah, it has, it's green and yeah, blue and then yellow. Oh, blue and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fantastic place to start, but yeah. again, it doesn't put it within the context of women's health and it's good, but, you know, I, I get asked this all the time, like, you know, should I be eating exclusively seasonally? And I'm like, eh, like, it kind of depends. It depends on where you are, what sort of food you have access to. And it's also important to be mindful that, like I said earlier, like as women, we move through internal seasons within the course of one month. So, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's summer outside and it's hot and steamy, if you're on your period, eating cold raw foods isn't going to feel good. It doesn't matter if it's 95 degrees and 80% humidity, like your internal season isn't matching up with the external season. And first and foremost, you always have to honor what's going on within your body because that's how you operate successful, successfully in, in your external environment. That's great insight to share because most people don't realize we in America, we are really the only culture that eats cold food year round. Yeah. Every other culture eats and drinks hot food year round. It does not matter. So that's a great reminder that it's okay to prepare a hot soup or a stew or a warm meal for lunch or dinner or for a snack completely year round. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm an ongoing hardcore soup girl. I make a lot of soup. And it's funny. I make a lot of soup for my clients. Yeah. As I make three, four, five soups a week. Um, when I get home, I'm craving soup, but in my mind, I've made so much soup yeah. that it's almost <laughs> like I, part of me is like, you've had soup. And then another part of me is like, no, you haven't, you, you really are craving it. Mentally. You've had it physically. You haven't. And it's very, it's a very interesting mental issue <laughs> when you prepare a lot of food for others, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I applaud you for that. Like I, I cook nonstop. But there is nothing as good as someone cooking for you and putting it down right in front of you. And you have that like immediate sensorial experience. Like for the first time, you get to smell all the spices, all of the ingredients. You're tasting it for the first time. It's like new and fresh. I found, you know, when I cook, 
I'm like, by the end of it, I'm like, I don't even know what it tastes like. Like I've been tasting it this whole time and it's, it's just a different process. It's more of a journey as opposed to just, you know, a set experience, but yeah, as a chef that must be nice to have someone cook for you. (laughs) When it happens, it's such a treat and you're so grateful. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, where do you turn to, to keep learning, you know? So you're passionate about wellness and Chinese medicine and acupuncture and spirituality. Like, where do you turn to keep learning and growing yourself? Mm, yeah, so it's it's you know multifactorial. I you know I'm constantly reading, constantly, constantly ordering new books, new textbooks, reviewing the books that I already have. But you know, so there's the external aspect where you can learn so much from workshops and. I'm constantly emailing my professors and my masters and asking for their advice and their insight. And I, you know, as part of my licensure, I'm also required to have continuing education, which I love, so it's okay. Um, But, you know, there's also that internal environment. And I do believe that, you know, all of the answers are within. It's just a matter of, you know, asking the right questions And so I spend a lot of time, you know, in self-reflection asking, you know, how can I do this better? What else do I need to learn here? What can, you know, what can I change or transform? So it's, it requires both, you know, it's balance, it's external and internal learning. When you take the time to sit and listen, Mm -hmm. where do you like to do that? Do you do that in your home? Do you do that outside on a walk? Do you do that when you lay down at the beach? Like where's the space that you create in order to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's again, it's, it's everywhere. So like we have, you know, a set space in our home, that's exclusively our meditation room. And that's where, you know, I have those bigger ceremonies and I really sit and they're the longer, deeper ones. But I believe that, you know, meditation is a state of being and a way of operating in the world. So like, I find a lot of you know solace and, and peace in everything that I do whether I'm, you know, talking to people like this, or I'm speaking to someone on the phone, or I'm gardening or washing dishes or whatever it may be. I believe that everything in our lives can become this meditative act of mindfulness. So like, I I take a lot of peace in my day-to-day life kind of across the board in in everything I do, (laughs) even the less, you know, savory things or cute things like taking out the trash. It gets to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because you get to take a moment break from your work and walk outside. And, you know, again, the metaphor of taking out the trash, Mm. you know, that's one thing I love to look at is the metaphor, the symbolism of our daily Mm. duties or the words that we use. Um, When you think about taking out the trash, it's actually Mm. such a blessing. It really is. You get to release what you don't need anymore Mm. and, you know, the bounty that you got to consume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is. I mean, living's a privilege. So even in those times that, you know, are less than ideal or you're struggling or suffering or in pain or being challenged with something like it's, it's a call to bring, you know, that sense of mindfulness and appreciation to it too. Like that's what, to go back to what you asked earlier, like how do you, you know, ensure and prevent that these traumatic experiences don't negatively impact you physically or emotionally over time. And it's bringing that level of mindfulness that and appreciation 
to the experience in the moment. It's okay to have a reaction. It's okay to have your 20 seconds of like, what the fuck? Like this fucking sucks. You know, it's important to be angry and hurt and scared and upset, but you know, the more you practice it, the quicker it becomes. Like I have a pretty good, you know, rebound and that's what resiliency is. Yeah. It's the ability to, to bounce back and to bounce back clearly and consciously, not to shove things under the rug or hope that they disappear if you ignore them. It's being able to look at something, witness it, appreciate it, and it's, you know, distill the lesson and let it go. You're a great teacher. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You're a great teacher and you're communi- and a great communicator. And, um, and you feel, I feel very grounded and calm just mm-hmm. getting to chat with you today. So I know your students probably have that same experience when they work with you directly or go through your online program. So thank, thank you for, for bringing that. <laughs> of course. Thank you. That's so, so sweet. And it's, you know, it's, it's the people who I speak to who make me a good speaker or a good teacher. You know, if I didn't have anyone to share energy with or have this exchange with, then there wouldn't be any any reason to talk about it, you know, there wouldn't be any platform for it. So it's, it takes both of us and it takes that sort of balanced dynamic to have a relationship like this. Where can people learn more about you, the programs that you're offering now online, or if they're lucky enough to be in North Carolina uh, to get to see you in person? It is great when people are in North Carolina. I like, I love, love my in-person patients. Um, yeah, so you can, I mean, probably the easiest way is through my Instagram, just because there's the link tree that, you know, is this amazing outlet for everything that I do. Um, but it's at The Balanced Healer. And otherwise, you can find me at hanamedicine.com, H-A-N-A medicine.com. All right, perfect. So one thing I like to do before I wrap up this podcast episode is I always like to ask the guest if there was maybe just one little piece of wisdom or wellness advice that they could share that people could consider incorporating into their life just to make it a little more peaceful or just to upgrade their well-being. Is there one little tip that you could share today? Ooh, that's a great question. One tip. Ooh, I have many. (laughs) Feel free. Feel free to bless us with as many as you like. God, that's a great question. Yeah, I think think the number one most important thing and any type of learning process or in any type of healing process, which to me, I see life as a whole as a healing journey. You know, at no point in life are you like, I'm done, like I'm good totally healed, no problems. It's a process. And first and foremost, always focus on yourself. It's so important to begin the process by gazing within, because in the process of self-discovery, everything else comes into focus. So regardless of what that means for you, it really comes from a willingness to change. And another really, I mean, two more things. Okay. Two more things that I think are super important is reframing the questions that we use. So like a really basic one would be, you know, like what's wrong with my body? Mm -hmm. Like that has a stagnant, disempowering energy to it because it automatically implies that there's something wrong with you. Whereas the appropriate question to ask, the transformative, empowering question to ask would be, how do I heal? Because it immediately makes you resourceful. It immediately makes you want to look for answers. And that's really what is the key to any type of process is 
looking for answers and becoming resourceful and you know looking at it as a journey and an opportunity to progress and the final thing I think would be, you know, the words that we use, the words that we use to describe our experiences, ourselves, our life, you know, people by and large, they don't have as rich of a vocabulary as they can, you know, even when you ask someone, you know, how are you doing? They're like, I'm good. I'm like, are you good? I'm like, are you actually good? Like, are you extraordinary? Are you energized? Are you enthusiastic? Are you excited? Do you feel passionately as opposed to fine? I'm fine. And the same is true for how we describe ourselves, you know, like on that deep level, really bring some awareness to the words that you're using to describe yourself. Do you say, I'm fat, I'm stuck, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm fearful, or are those things that you're just experiencing? And how can you transform the words that you're using to essentially transform the way that you operate and feel? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, but no, I love it. So how are you doing today, Hannah? I'm doing fantastic. Good. Yeah. Everything is just, I mean, amazing. Everything's really just life-changingly amazing, but every day is like that in the best way. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And um, I hope to have you on again someday in the future oh. to share more about your, um, the balanced woman program and, you know, just any new other revelations or maybe your book someday. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, you know, the next round of the balanced woman starts in June, which is exciting. So enrollment is open and it's just, I mean, such an invigorating time, right? Because this is the time when I really start to meet a lot of women, women like you, women who are interested in healing. So I'm, you know, it's really just wonderful to be here with you and to have a chance to, you know, talk about things and, and ideally, like you said, to reach people and, and support them in their process. And how long is the June program? All my programs are three months. Three months? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So you move from one season into the next. Exactly. It's all seasonal. Yeah. And just a reminder to people who may not know, um, in June, we have the summer equinox. It's usually around June 21st. So this is a nice time to, to prepare to make a shift. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my High Vibration Foods Organic Spices, which you can purchase on starseekitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.